0: Oh, we're back in the saddle. It's Fox and Fallon, another episode coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California. Myself, Courtney Fallon, and Tanya Ray Fox. I'm here. I'm um, we took a
1: little break that was impromptu, it was not of our own accord.
0: Family members, loved ones passing away recently, myself and Tanya, and I am just really excited to get back talking to about talking about what I love and what you love, and that is sports, and what a time. What a time to, to be to get back in the mix! Um, the beginning of April, birthday month for me. Yes, birthday's next week. Anyone wants to send flowers, gifts, please feel free. April sixteenth. Cash and- donations, Venmo. Oh, cash donations, got. Venmo for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and Bill Belichick, we do share a birthday. So oh,
1: you do. Yes, that makes we do. so
0: much sense. Um, also, fun fact: Bill Belichick's girlfriend, Linda Holiday, shares a birthday with Rubber Crafts.
1: Ooh. So even
0: though behind the scenes Bill and Robert might not always agree there's he has a, a he has an Aries and Gemini connection with the woman he loves also same birthdays oh so they're gem, the they're team.
1: Geminis yeah Robert Crafting and Gemini makes a lot of sense Oh yeah of course
0: those Geminis they love that orchids of Asia <laughs> All right on today's podcast we're going to talk about the start of baseball season. And I think we've talked about this before on the podcast that we really, you have to be a lover of baseball. If you grew up in a town that loves their baseball team, I think a lot of people are sports fans in general that didn't grow up around a ballpark America's pastime, They don't really understand the game that it's too slow paced. I love baseball more than anything. I, I think next to the NFL equally is my love. For the Red Sox and for Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to get to opening day and all that, but unfortunately, we can't even start with that because there's been crazier stuff since then. So we're gonna get that to we're gonna crazy. get to the amazing day in Boston that was the Red Sox opening day. But to start, Courtney, we live in LA, and like as we've said before, we will always give the locals some love when their basketball team is Sucks. continuing. A lot of people sit, use the word "bombshell" or like sent shockwaves through the community or whatever when you're reporting a breaking news story. But this actually was truly shocking. Ma- Magic Johnson, before the Lakers' final regular season game the other day, came out and just told everybody he was quitting. He quit, and he did it without telling Genie Buss. He did it without telling Rob Palenka, and he just went rogue and talked about wanting to be a free bird and how this like he wasn't happy and. He, it was it was a truly bizarre scene. Um, Even for, you know, you and I have both talked about this before. It's not like Magic Johnson was killing it in this role. There was a strong chance that he was going to step down or that him and Jeannie were going to have a conversation that led to that. However, that's not what happened. And I, it's a clear sign that the fractures in the Lakers organization are deeper than even we've talked about over the last couple of months.
0: How much of this is an effect of LeBron coming into this team, promising greatness, promising titles, and completely abandoning his team, abandoning his teammates, trying to take over the reins in the middle of the season in the front office, the whole Anthony Davis trade fiasco, losing trust. How much of this, Tanya, is an effect of the players' actions Having more power and control over the front office because this is a pattern in the NBA. The reason I dislike this league. Yeah. The players control everything. If you're a general manager, you're James Dolan, the only thing that you're gonna be used for is to open your pockets and shell out checks. Right. Like how much how much of this is LeBron's fault? I think LeBron I blames. Th- yes. Sure.
1: Like LeBron certainly he really did Magic Johnson no favors. This was supposed to be a premier move for Magic. It was supposed to make Genie and Magic and Rob and all of these people look like geniuses. And exactly what you just said is the problem. LeBron has so much power and Genie and Genie and Magic are Lakers people. They have this Lakers family fable in their heads that they're going to be able to keep this front office a bunch of family and friends all the reporting that's come out of the situation has been that Jeannie only wants people that are part of the quote-unquote Lakers family. People are actually now proposing that Kobe Bryant might be a, in the running to
0: to take over. Keep Kobe out of this. Exactly.
1: And I don't think Kobe, I mean, the dude's worth half a billion dollars. He doesn't He's need to be taking this job. However, industry, also too, is it's like, like
0: there's, there's a level on that note, just there is a level of You know, when, I don't know, if David Ortiz came back and he stepped into the front office position with the Red Sox and all of a sudden the Red Sox started sucking, you know, that tarnishes your legacy. I don't think Kobe wants to even touch this dumpster fire shit show that's going on. That's a
1: smart point. Like, the there's, you know, the reverse could happen where Kobe steps in and basically if LeBron succeeds, it's Kobe's, like, Kobe gets all the credit, which would, I think part of Kobe's brain would like love that. He'd love love to come in and take credit for LeBron somehow being able to resurge in LA still though, at the end of the day, you're a hundred percent, right? Like that's not a headache Kobe wants or needs. He's got all of his other projects going on or whatever, but my, the point still stands that the Lakers are sort of broken at their very core. They need Jeannie needs to really, I like, believe me, I completely understand that she's come up in this, in this family. And she, these are, I mean, she grew up with magic Johnson. I get it. But they have to bring in somebody that is, number one, doesn't owe LeBron James shit. Like, yeah. l- the best thing that could happen to LeBron James is that a hard-ass president comes in and tells him to shut the fuck up. Yep. Honestly. So, I mean, who kn- I don't know what she's going to do. I'm rooting for her. I, like, I respect and admire her. Like, there, there's so many people that make it difficult for you to root for them, you know, in this yeah. in this industry and in, in sports in general. And is making it difficult. But I still think that there I think that she is smart enough to recognize that when all of the dust is settled from our gross disastrous chemical fire dumpster fire, that there are there are the blueprint for how to make this work is there and that and it starts with starting to bring in people from outside the Lakers
0: organization. I couldn't agree more. Another thing that happened this week, and as this was going on, I mean both of us were pretty checked out with our personal issues and Dealing with everything that was going on the last couple weeks. But, I mean, this battle of flames flying between Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster is just flat-out embarrassing. And it also notes back to the people who listened to our podcast last week. And I mentioned to you, Tanya, I said, Antonio Brown is obviously making himself look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. He's being a poster child. He's being a diva. But he's also taking it to the next level. And I had a hunch... And he just completely confirmed it, that he is in complete denial and regrets leaving the Steelers and signing a deal with the Raiders. Because I think that the second he walked into that building, he realized what a fucking mistake it was. Right. And that's why he started to act out. It's out of frustration. Why do people lash out on you, uh, you know, unknowingly? Because they have things that they're bottling up that they don't want to talk about, but they are just... They're exerting it in a different way. Right. And this little back and forth, Nick, between him and Juju, has not only tarnished his reputation, it's put an even bigger spotlight on the pressure for him to come in and impact that team and that division. I mean, all eyes are going to be on him now. If he just walked in there and said, Hey, I signed here. I'm sorry, Juju. Yeah keep your mouth shut, keep your emotions off Twitter, whatever. If he had left it at that, I think we would have forgotten about that. Right. Six months from now when the league starts. But now he's completely changed the entire narrative that he's walking into for this season. And it's embarrassing. Well, keep think- your mouth shut. This is going so above and beyond team commitment and, you know, being a leader. Him attacking a young kid like Juju, who really is just... is. He's Gronk personality, harmless. It's embarrassing.
1: No, he's the, what happened was, was so bizarre too, because when we talked last on the podcast, there was like this sort of obvious thing that Antonio Brown was bucking against, which was like the Juju talking about, you know, how he's good with Ben and, you know, and Antonio Brown making it about money. But this time it was, he, he was trying to embarrass Juju for like, uh, Instagram I just, DM that he'd oh. sent him from back in the day where Juju was being actually very sweet and just seeking out advice. And, and so what now happened was, was it, the back, worst. it really backfired because it really backfired because it made it was almost like, you, you want know, to see those tiny little angry chihuahuas. And there's like a big, happy, fluffy dog that just wants to be their friend. And they're just like the little chihuahuas yapping at them and in their face. And the big dog's just like, I want And, like, Juju has literally done nothing. It's a one-sided argument, and I think that's what's, like, really distressing, especially for – it should be distressing for our Oakland Raiders fans. And it's already been distressing to their coaching staff. Jack Del Rio has already come out and said that he has – he envisions Antonio Brown being a pain in the ass, and he did not back down. He explained his words very clearly after the fact. He said, point blank, the guy works his butt off. But this is only going to last so long, and as soon as his talent dips, he this is this personality is going to be the issue, the thing that gets him out of the league. So I mean, I don't I when you're in a one sided argument with somebody who considered you a mentor,
0: that's a bad look. It's just really I just I it's just sad. I really have nothing else to say, but it's yeah. it's embarrassing and it's sad. It's a big sore eye on his reputation. Always sad to see the Steelers continue to fall apart. I mean. The Patriots are just going to t- continue to beat them late in the season every single year. Start of Red Sox season. Tanya, I almost called you Gabby. Oh, that would no. be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's start, Gabby? Yeah, start of Red Sox season. Um, opening day, always a big monumental moment in Red Sox folklore in Boston, across America. Um, I love nothing more than to scalp a ticket at the ballpark, sit in the outfield, and bask in a sunset of summer glow it I just it, there it just there's some euphoria that just explodes in my mind and my it just it makes me the happiest person it's in the, the world it's
1: the best it's such a it like the Fenway is great too because it's like it's such a pain in the ass to get to and like if you know how to take the green line you're like you oh know, 100% great, I'm a green line but it's line a pain gem. in the ass and but like once you're there it just feels so, it just feels so special. The streets are bustling, all the bars are sort of filling out, like everybody's kind of spilling out of there and heading into the ballpark. And then you get in and you sit in your shitty tiny little seat that's like from 1849. And it's the best feeling in the world. And it's probably, you know, every baseball fan in the country that has like a beautiful stadium always shits on Fenway. But they're the the real heart of being in the city on opening day is so much more than that, you know?
0: It's even better when your football team wins a world championship. And this has happened, what, now six times? So they bring out the banner and they do this. And so the Patriots were welcomed at Fenway Park. It was a dual. It was a dual trophy celebration. It was a dual trophy celebration. celebration. Rare. Dual trophy celebration. It happened. Um, anyways, but, you know, I mean, it's always nice to see the Patriots there. And they, you know, celebrate. And Manny Ramirez was back at the ballpark. And he got a standing ovation. And he was had spoken afterwards, you know, listen, listen, Tanya, you know, I, I like to see the ball. I hit mm-hmm. the ball and you know, I love the the fans in Boston. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Like love you know, seeing I came it. back. I, I Manny Ramirez is one of my favorite just athletes He's in best. general. I just I mean, when he would go into the Green Monster, just take a piss and... Oh, yeah. call out. Like chase out butterflies and, and, chase, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be loopy in the field. Oh, let me just go run and get this ball. I also That's love fine. that
1: he's like... His accent has stayed as thick as humanly possible for the last 30 years with no
0: explanation. Oh, 100%. Why it's like, oh, it's the best. Um, him and David Ortiz do. Oh, the Yankees lose. The Yankees, Yankee's lose. Um, well, so it's an interesting thing. And here's the thing. I, I could sit here and talk. We can go through the divisions and give previews, but... Perfect example: The Red Sox won 108 games during the regular season, 119 total. Historic season for Boston, and they're three and nine, and fifth in the AL East right now. I, I don't. I mean, we're going to sit here and and talk about what's wrong with the Red Sox? Yeah, sure. They lost uh, a couple of arms in the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell, Joe Kelly left. They need to do some work on the back end of their bullpen. But right now, the the issue is starting pitching, and the starting pitching is is so shaky that they're pitching, what, 53, 56 innings total? They're giving the relievers two innings of work, and they're not holding runners on base. I mean, everything is sprawling out from there. But what I will always say is that when you have an issue with a bullpen, Tanya, I don't give a shit to talk about someone running off 30 wins in a month at the beginning of the season. The real baseball happens in the middle of the year. Like, the Red Sox, I'm not worried at all about taking tolls of, like, who's winning and who's not, what's going on with the bullpen. That's something in baseball that's innate that sorts itself out during the season. So,
1: I, I mean, the thing about starting pitching is that like when you have high end starting pitchers, like the Red Sox have, which, I mean, let's be honest, they have, if you're, if, when you're looking at everything, start to finish, they have one of the best rotations in baseball when all those players are playing well, if they're not, if they're not pitching well, then you can, that's that's not something you fix. That's just something you wait for it to work itself out. You can't have a bunch of amazing, highly paid pitchers and then freak out when they're not doing well. Like they have to work it out. They will. I. It's hard for me to get like freaked out about three and nine or whatever I'm when worried. I'm when you know opening day is here and they're raising the trophy and the Patriots are raising the trophy and Gronk and Edelman and Gilmore are like throwing their first pitches to like to Steve Pierce and Mookie Butts and, and JBJ. And you're realizing that all these are like iconic moments that have just, they're just in our last six months of our, of our lives as fans. I like, give me a minute to soak in all the glory of that day. And, and in last season, before we start freaking out about the first two weeks of the season, because by the way, my rule has always been, Post-All-Star break, then we can start worrying about where they are in the standings. Exactly. Post-All-Star. If you even come to me, unless they are 45 games back in July, get stay out of stay out of my mentions. Yeah. Stay out of my ear. I don't want to hear it until we're, pa- until we're in the back half of the season and things start to really
0: shape together. The only people that are going to be talking or barking in your ear are Yankees fans. And <sighs> I'm talking to you, Michael Fabiano, who is openly, we have a, a back-and-forth war. I blocked one of my one of my best friends from college because he got too much in my ear about the Yankees like mm-hmm. there's nothing that makes incites my anger more than when a Yankees fan comes at me well I mean um, like, it's,
1: it's the Yankees got served so hard last year that like I can I think I might live on it for the rest of my life like for them to have a 100 win season and not even win the division and then get absolutely embarrassed in the postseason like They're going to have to win the World Series for the next three years for me to not, like, for me to stop gloating about that. All right, so
0: for example, but, like, if the Yankees, like, every every April or June, if they, you know, when they're, like, five, six games up on the Red Sox, the only – and we're not worried because, again, baseball season starts after the All-Star break. In the middle of July, that's when you come talk to me about who's good and who's bad. The only people that are going to be running in your face are fucking Yankees fans. Yeah. They're saying, oh, well, you know, we're so good. I think they had that tear where they – yeah, they really were. There were like 10 games up on them last year. And I'm like, yeah. And, th- and then they get mad quiet when the tone changes. Always. All right, Courtney. So
1: since the Red Sox and the Patriots had this big day, um, I thought that it would be nice. I mean, Gronk got the biggest ovation of the day at at Fenway. Uh, still a reminder of how important he is to fans and you know what his retirement really means to everybody. It was a final way to really celebrate him wearing a jersey and, and being a part of the team. So I prepared a
0: game. Are we gonna play a Gronky game right now?
1: We are gonna play a Gronky game. Last week you made me play Would You Rather, and you put me in some tough spots. So this week I'm gonna I'm gonna make you play a little bit. I'm gonna make you do the hard work.
0: All right. Um. And mind you, she's just been working behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of discussed the "Would You Rather" before then, but this one's uh, no, this one's
1: fresh. This, this is, one's fresh, and this I, is I, meant,
0: I, I'm, I'm trying to trick you. She's trying to trick me. The concept of this is she's going to list a bunch of stats and say, "Is it Rob Gronkowski or is it someone else?" And exactly. I have to guess. Is that what? Yeah. It?
1: So uh, there's so with Rob Gronkowski's retirement, have come a slew of interesting facts and information about his dominance over the years, and that led me to realize that we could put this into our show and make it fun and kind of share that information without. You know, with me, well, it's still making it fun. So yeah. I'm going to read you some stats. Okay. Some of these are going to be about Rob Gronkowski. Some of them are going to be about a different, clearly very good player. Okay. And it could, gonna, it
0: could be wide receiver or it could be tight end. Yeah. Anyone. It'll be
1: any sort of receiving type position.
0: Mm
1: hmm. Uh, and you'll have to tell me whether it's Gronk or not Gronk. The name of this game is Hall
0: of Game. <laughs> <laughs> hall of Game. Yeah. And did on, you did you make yeah. this up?
1: I made it up. Oh, in, in
0: honor uh, of the Hall of Fame. This is the it's a Hall, hall of Game. Hall of Game. How long did it take you to come up with this title?
1: Uh, three and a half full seconds. Okay.
0: <laughs> you got it. All right. Let's just get to number one. Yeah. Let's so We're gonna it. get
1: to number one. I'm so. chilling.
0: I'm chilling with this segment. Is also brought to you by Angry Eight Energy Drink. Um, it's a new energy drink that one of my clients is repping, and actually, it's very good. It's better than Red Bull. And you know what? They didn't pay for this ad. But I will get them to pay for this ad. Yeah, you will. If you need any Angry 8 or any, I want to try a new energy drink or like and to drink energy drinks with any vodka or your tequila when you're going out, Angry 8 Energy is your best bet, is your number one. Okay. All right. Continue.
1: Yeah. It's your guy. Wow.
0: It's Ang- Angry 8 is your man. You I mean, are so good at this. Typically, you know what? I think that's the first time that ad I, reads are hard. I've written an ad read on the fly. Yeah. I actually didn't write that. Ad- I'm just making it up on as It was as an we ad-lib go. read. It was an ad-lib read. Oh, my God, dude. I'm on fire. Well, I mean, but you know what? This is just giving more press to Angry 8.
1: This is great. I'm, I've am i come up with hollow game and ad-lib read all in one full swiss. Okay. All in one segment. Okay. So, first stat. First obscure stat that yes. you have to guess. Youngest player with three touchdown receptions in a game. The person who had this was 21 years old and 184 days. Was that Gronk or was that someone else? No, it was definitely Gronk.
0: 100%? Final answer? I mean, so thinking back on on his career, uh, Rob Gronkowski had a breakout second season. His second season was the one that they went to the Super Bowl when they had to pass the Ravens um, and Justin Tucker I think missed the last second kick. His rookie's year, Gronk didn't have a...
1: No, you're thinking his rookie year
0: no 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 his rookie, year, his rookie year it wasn't it was his second year no, it wasn't his second year
1: they went to the t-
0: Super Bowl they went to the Super Bowl in his in that in that sophomore season yeah that it was, was his year. that was his second year um they went to, they still went to the Super Bowl anyways um I'm gonna have to say that it is Gronk okay just based on when he came out into the league it's kind of like a really great rookie pitcher that no one can stop right, right. you know like Thor or Jacob deGrom, you know, until you get some some books and some film behind him, you can't figure him out. Right. And I think Gronk, that was Gronk's dominance coming into the league was that, like, no one could figure out how to stop him.
1: Well, guess what? You nailed it.
0: Oh yes, that
1: was yeah, that was Gronk. Um, yep. 2010 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had three touchdown receptions and became the youngest player ever to do so. Okay, it's pretty crazy. I mean, that's that's kind of a crazy stat. And you're exactly right. It was. I remember those days. Like to get three touchdowns in a game, you kind of have to. But yeah, it was. Exactly it, but it was. was
0: just so easy because it was like teams just didn't know how to defend him, especially not in the red zone because they hadn't seen any red zone film of him. And it was like he was just stepping all over people. All right, so second stat. Hall of game.
1: Second stat greatest, in our greatest Hall of, Game. In greatest hall of game
0: <laughs> ever to play on a talk radio show.
1: Fastest player to score 10 postseason receiving touchdowns in terms of games played.
0: Fastest player to receive...
1: To score 10, 10 postseason receiving, receiving touchdowns in terms of games played. So,
0: um, I'm going to say that's someone else. Okay. I'm gonna say that's someone else. Okay. I, I know I know that he was dominant in the in the postseason, but I also believe that just in terms of I mean, whoa, he got drafted in two thousand ten. Yeah, the Patriots didn't make it to a super win a Super Bowl until twenty fifteen? Sixteen? Two thousand fourteen season. Two thousand fourteen. So there was four years where they didn't really do so much damage in the in the postseason. And also too, in those postseason situations, the Patriots Tom Brady's going to throw to whoever's open. And most likely, True. Gronk was double teamed. So I'm going to have to say it was someone else and a wide receiver at that.
1: Ding, ding, ding. You got another one wow. right. So that I just it's read. So smart. That was Larry Fitzgerald. Yep. So Larry Fitzgerald, he did, uh, that was in eight games over seven years. He uh, The first seven years of his career, he scored uh, 10 postseason receiving touchdowns, which is pretty wild when you think about, you know, that's that's actually pretty crazy. Okay. Uh, so number three, number three. Uh, most touchdown receptions by a tight end in a season.
0: Most touchdown receptions by a tight end in a season. So you're putting him up against Tony Gonzalez. Um,
1: this is the big one because this is the kind of stuff that maybe okay. This, might be part this of his is, Hall of I mean, fame yeah, argument. no,
0: this is gonna, you know? this is gonna be what what Roger Goodell reads, you know, as he introduces. What do you think his? Uh, I always said his butt kiss. What do you think his little like? His face hall of fame. Oh, his, his, uh, bronze, Bro- bronze, his bronze bust. Bust. Yeah. I almost just kept saying butt. Dick butt kiss. Dick butt kiss. What yeah. do you think his bust is going to look like? Do you it's, think it's going to be spot gonna be on Ronaldo or is it going to be some shit. Ronaldo shit? <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be more of Ronaldo, and I think, I think Gronk is going to want it to, I mean, he's probably going to want it like a silly face on yeah. it. Yeah. Something stupid. Um, I am going to say, hmm, hmm, um, I'm going to say Gronkowski. This is Gronkowski. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, it's kind of hard I'm um, going back and forth in my mind, really, if it's Tony Gonzalez or if it's Gronkowski. But I'm going to have to say this was Gronk just based on how easy it was to throw over to the middle. Because, I mean, mind you, Gronk is over the years in this, you know, later in his career, years seven, eight, or nine, they've used him more sparingly in a more situational positions. But I think earlier in the career it was like, it was like Dink and Dunk. You yeah, know, absolutely. anytime he was open, they would throw to him. All right, am I right? Or am I wrong?
1: You nailed it again. I nailed You're it. Doing wow. So good at this game. Wow. I should have a
0: career working the NFL.
1: Rob, yeah, they should hire you. Uh, Rob Gronkowski scored seventeen touchdowns in two thousand eleven. You were right. It was in, he had a pretty like rec- that's that was a really record breaking season that two thousand eleven yes. season and that's when he did it. So nailed that one
0: okay all right
1: so we're gonna move on to question four okay how many of
0: we do it with four or five we're gonna do five okay so So i'm three for three right now
1: yep so this is you're like killing it like and you're and the way you're walking us through them it really makes a ton of sense all right so this one is welcome to my mind number four this one's tricky has played on two of the five highest scoring teams in nfl
0: history Two of the five highest scoring teams in single NFL season it. teams. False. Not Gronk. Just because I'm thinking. I mean, Peyton Manning is the number one person that stands out in my mind. Drew Brees. The amount of points that they put up. Uh, it's definitely not the Patriots.
1: It was Randy Moss. So you are four for four. Sometimes.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Randy Moss with the 2007 Patriots and uh, the 1998 Vikings. Okay, two of the two of the highest scoring teams of all time. Okay, so that was again nailed it. Yep. All right, I got one more for you, so I have to make this a doozy. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's your final one. Here's number five. Only tight end to have three seasons with ten plus touchdowns and a thousand plus receiving yards.
0: Is this just one season?
1: So only tight end to have three seasons, three separate seasons, each with ten touchdowns and a thousand receiving yards. So 3 times he had a season with 10 plus touchdowns and 1000 receiving yards. No, false. All right. You came so
0: close. So close. I mean, so I close. I kind of just went um
1: it was Gronk. So he here I'll tell you when it when he okay, did it in 2011, right, so 2014 and 2015. Um people forget how like crazy those 14-15 years were right before he had his like final really bad back injury. No. He was yeah, he was still going for it. So there you go. 4 out of 5.
0: Not bad. Those were pretty obscure, That's not kinda bad. Tough. So I'm, not, I'm not. not gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that I gave up at the end, no. but. But uh, well,
1: you know what? Uh, you're not going to get to because no cop outs.
0: No, no cop outs.
1: I went on a. I went on a hypothetical day with John Daly for you. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That so was that was that
0: was, uh, a, that was a glorious. That's good.
1: And and we informed the people on some fun stats. So yeah. That was a great. Great job.
0: I guess I know. I guess I know my Gronk.
1: You do know your Gronk. I'm I, actually really impressed. Yeah, four I'm out, out
0: of five. Right. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just gonna dust up and finish up the podcast with a little rant. Do you have any any thoughts or on your mind?
1: Oh yeah, well, I mean that this will be a quick one because everybody, I know everybody has their own airplane rants, but I've done recently had to do some traveling, long cross-country flights, and I'm an aggressive New England flyer. Like I get in my seat, I want my I want my space above my seat. I don't want to deal with people like screwing around with trying to put their bags where they're not supposed to be. So I always make sure that I'm like in the group A to board so i don't have to i like i literally pay the 100 bucks extra on jetblue to have the extra leg room and get on before everybody. Else. I you
0: know what i i think I, but let me preface this by saying like you're speaking to about 75% of airport travelers that oh, like for sure. you your gripes about flying are probably on point with everyone else's opinions. There
1: the the difference is I will, I will assert myself in ways that people do not expect. So my, my thing, and I was like totally bugging you about this earlier, and I'm going to share it with the listeners is I, when the, when everybody, when the plane stops and it, you know, it gets to the little terminal and the, it goes ding and you know, you're allowed to stand up. Everybody yeah. stands up like yeah. they're going to, like it's the running of the bulls. Yep. And. They go to reach for their bags, and everyone to get. But the fact of the matter is it's a fucking nine inch hallway that you're getting through and no one can move. You're not going to move ahead of anybody. So my, if somebody tries to get ahead of me in my row, like if I'm in row six and you're right behind me and you try to somehow get off the plane before I'm able to get my bag and I will literally stop in the row. I'll stop in the row. If they try to get around or cut him off, I'll stop. And be like, "Hey, Chris, come on out, and I will fucking death stare them, right?" So this what happens is I think I've now created a situation where this happens to me every time, like I've brought this karma on myself, you know, like like reverse shitty manifesting. <laughs>
0: So this is, this is a new, and, and we're going to do a meditation about reverse shitty manifesting Chris, I after I mean,
1: oh, poor Chris always knows it's coming and like, he's actually starting to appreciate it because we get off the plane and we're like, and we're boom, boom, and we feel good about it. Well, but he's
0: probably is sitting there and he's like, oh, here Tanya goes again. And he's laughing internally and just watching you. Yeah. He loves it cuz
1: he's Gary good guy, but at the end of the day he also like hates idiots. Yeah. So like I'm a good buffer for him, like he doesn't have to deal with the idiots and he doesn't have to be mean. So
0: my airport grape and this is I mean the amount of flights that I flew, I think like 100,000 miles in a matter of 3 months for NFL network going through TSA. Like how many people, how many goddamn times like do people go to the airport and you not fly on planes? <laughs> yeah. Do you need to know you have to take everything out of your pockets you have to like put things in the bucket like i don't understand it drives me fucking insane when i'm sitting there and i'm and they're like oh should i do this and i'm like do you people not travel like do you not get it and it been and since everyone no listen like it's been in a while every right? airport regardless big hubs small hubs i don't understand and it and i that's when i will That's, like, my issue. I don't really have so much of an issue about people standing up on the plane right when it lands. I mean, like, I get it, you know? No, the standing up is fine. The standing up is fine. It really bothers me.
1: It's the the vertical movement toward the front of the plane before it's your
0: time. Okay, but here's my one thing. Sometimes my bag has to be, I'm maybe in row 14, Mm -hmm. and I have to put... I am running late, and I have to put my bag in row eleven. Right. So, but like, I'm overly nice. I'm like, please excuse me. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to grab my bag because I'll bring the bag oh, yeah. back to my seat. Oh no, that's and fine. then wait for the people. No, that's me.
1: totally fine. You're not. You're not one of the obnoxious losers that I'm. I mean, on. however, I, I will say what's obnoxious, and we talked. I we talked about this earlier. Your allergies are now out of control.
0: I, okay, that's not nice. First of all,
1: I I feel I, em- it's, it's not empathy. nice. It's a That's not nice. Empathy, empathy and sympathy.
0: Allergies season. I want to say on record, sucks. Really bad. It sucks on another level of sucking. Mm. Like, uh, so I grew up with terrible allergies as a kid. Food allergies, medicine allergies. I'm deathly allergic to dust, mold, cats, all that stuff. Pollen. I mean, I noticed like my allergies have gotten better. Maybe my immune system has fought back. I mean, it's worlds away from what I used to be. Sneezing, yeah. um, itchy eyes. I went for a, a run yesterday and I'm I'm running and I was like the I mean, just the dust that was sitting, it was like clouds of it and mm. I was like, "Oh my god, how am I not affected by this?" And it hit me so bad today. I must have sweet sneezed. And my mother will laugh when she listens to this twenty times in a row yeah. before we started recording this. And Tanya was yelling at me, and distressed. that was not nice. <laughs>
1: it was distressing. I, it's just to me. not nice. It's Listen, not, I'm not. I'm not a good. No, that's no, not, not nice.
0: Okay, if you see someone suffering <laughs> from allergies in the street, take your Zyrtec out of your pocket, do them a favor, get them some allergy meds. They're over the counter now. Be nice to those people who are sneezing. Mm. They don't want to sneeze. Sneezing is not fun for me. I'm ready for summer.
1: It's a Darwinian thinning of the herd to me. Let them, let them sneeze their way into into oblivion for all I care. Except except for you, Court. That's never, not nice. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, I truly, I empathize. And I will start and bringing, I will literally start keeping Zyrtec on me just for you.
0: Well. How do you feel about that? I, thank you. I love I love Zerotech to sponsor our. I don't podcast. think you understand
1: how that you know I don't think you understand how magnanimous this is of me because yeah this is very I, this is a yeah. this is a big and I will, move and I will do it I, I love you that much
0: okay all right we'll hit you up next week more topics we have got the start of NHL season I even I was asking NHL postseason. Uh, NHL postseason, some more baseball. We've got the Masters this weekend. The Celtics are going to start losing in the first round of the playoffs yep, pretty soon. Yep. Kyrie is going to jet for New York. I already have that on word that that's going to happen. Yep. Secret behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. By the way, side note on Kyrie. Um, I had a couple friends in town. Then they gave me some scoop about what a piece of shit Kyrie is right now with mm-hmm. the Celtics. Um, that he walks into... This is for the last like maybe three or four months. Kyrie has walked into Brad Stevens' office or whether – I think he sent his assistant in there. He doesn't even go face-to-face with his own coach. Mm -hmm. Walks in, says, can I see the schedule? I need to know – I need to make a note on which practices Kyrie will be attending. He sits on the monthly schedule and picks out one to two practices of the entire week that Kyrie will attend – he says he will not be at these practices or these meetings. He will not be there. That is some next level pettiness. Who are you? You I'm haven't even so, won a I'm title. So I'm already. You're so not scared, even right? like, okay, if LeBron did that, maybe LeBron yeah. wouldn't even do that. You haven't won enough or have enough clout in your career to even be on that level of cattiness. Well, he has a title. He does he have does a have title, but, I mean, but
1: like, well, you he's haven't... He's not Michael Jordan. Exactly. Like, so, I mean, I good riddance. to Honestly, good riddance. Go to the next... You, you and James Dillon deserve each other.
0: Yep. All right. We'll mm-hmm. hit you next week. Ciao. Ciao. Tell your friends to subscribe. <laughs> to subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. 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 Mic check one, two. <laughs> Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Here Allergy season... Sucks. Mm, indeed. It sucks.
1: Especially when you have to listen to someone sneeze 49 consecutive times.
0: Um, do you know that when I was a kid, my brothers used to count? 9 10. For sure. You went 10 in a 10,
1: 10 each time. Like, without like the sneeze. No, it was. Pause, sneeze, pause, sneeze,
0: a chew, a chew.
1: I would literally kill you. I, I, I you. was I, I was a sick pulse.
0: kid, I was an allergy kid. <laughs> Sickly little child. I was a sick allergy kid, and
1: I don't like people sneezing or choking. It just bothers dude, me.
0: Dude, I mean, well, how can you not like people sneeze? Then, then you know what? Then, then we can't be friends. I know.
1: I also don't like butterflies either, so I might be a sick. What? I know. What's wrong with you? I, know. I need to get checked out. You do.